In 2019, I uncovered a little blue suitcase in my grandparents' basement in their Toronto home. Inside was an unexpected treasure, Bill and Doreen's love letters from the Second World War. And now I am sharing that story with all of you. You're listening to the Little Blue Suitcase podcast, hosted by me, Jason McDowell. March 17th, 1942. Bill Dearest. Here I am again, that old Toronto pest with just a few lines of gossip. Well, darling, how was your trip back? Did you get any sleep? And on whose shoulder did that Air Force man rest his head on? Those poor fellows in the front could not have been too comfortable. I think I should have come back with you. I, I think I would have liked the trip. After I left you, I went to Aunt Bessie's, hoping I would catch Dad before he went to the hospital, but I was too late. We're getting to meet some additional relatives and cast of characters, and two that I want to talk about are Aunt Bessie and Aunt Agnes. These two spinster aunts were the biological aunts of Bill, and they factor heavily into Bill's life. Mother is not feeling too bad. She came home from the hospital yesterday, but she's very weak when she gets up, and Bill, she's so thin. But I guess she will fill out. She seems to have a bad headache today, but other than that, she's okay, and my little sister is doing fine. In the 1940s, after women gave birth, some of them had what we would have now understand to be called the baby blues. But I think as we became more educated, that really translated into postpartum depression. And Doreen is dealing with that with her mother currently. And because there was not a lot of understanding what this was, there really wasn't a lot of support for Doreen's mom. And so Doreen became that support. She was there as the older sister to really step in and take on that surrogate mother role. The doctor was in to see her today, and he said everything was okay. Doris made Beverly the cutest basket to sleep in, and she looks like a little doll lying in it. I held her last night for a few minutes, but she started to cry and kick, and I got frightened, so I gave her back to Mother. But I am going to hold her tonight, and I am going to give her a bottle. She is very good and doesn't cry very much. I have to sleep on the Chesterfield all week. Some fun that is. Too bad you're not here to keep me company. Darling, I was the happiest girl last weekend when you asked me to marry you this summer. You will never know how thrilled I was. Well, listeners, it's official. Doreen and Bill are engaged. And this has made Doreen and Bill extremely happy. The interesting point to note is that we are in March and they're getting married this summer. It is just months away. Not a lot of time to plan, but I think and now know that it didn't make a difference to Bill and Doreen. It didn't make a difference if there was four people or 400 people. They just wanted to get married. And so planning a wedding certainly is going to fall on the shoulders of Doreen, as she is the one located in Toronto. And Bill is completely supportive of all of the decisions that Doreen is going to make, and again, in a very short amount of time. 
I think we can draw a parallel to what is currently happening with us in 2021. We don't have a lot of time because we don't know how many people can attend weddings during a pandemic, whether it's inside or it's outside or is there catering or is there masks. And so some people are planning years in advance and some people are saying, let's just do it now. And so to draw a parallel to the 1940s where uncertainty was really ravaging the country, it really can be seen is that you don't need a lot of time to plan a great wedding. You don't need a lot of time to really say, I do to the one that you love. And, and certainly this is going to be the case for Bill and Doreen. I am not good, dear, at saying things in a letter the way that I would like to, but I think you know how I feel. I hope your bowling arm is in good shape for the tournament. Have you been to a show this week? I think I'm going to go tomorrow night. We are having terrible weather since you left. We had an awful storm last night, and it was starting to rain when I was coming home from work. We are having our hours changed again. I think it is going to be from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Isn't that awful? I think I may as well take my bed down there. By the way, dear, poor Mr. Ferris died this afternoon at 2 p.m. Isn't that a shame? But I guess it's just as well. After I finish writing your letter, I am going to phone your mother. Gee, Bill, your father was so tickled to meet the boys. He kept telling me how he wished he was young again so he could join up. Well, darling, I haven't much more to say, so I guess I will close now, as I have some ironing to do. Lots and lots of love from your future wife, Doreen. XXX. P.S. Hurry and write back to this letter. P.P.S. I love you. P.P.S.S. Goodbye and good night from now, my love. March 20th, 1942. Hello, Hello darling. darling. Well, I received your very nice letter and I was very, very glad to hear from you, dear. I didn't bowl this week because I was too tired from work. We didn't get in here until 5 o'clock and we had one awful trip. We almost froze when we ran into some dense fog and we ran off the road because of it. I went to bed at 20 minutes to 7 and slept until about 8 o'clock. Tuesday night I went to the show and saw Bahama Passage. Boy, that was a swell picture. That Madeline Carroll is certainly some woman, but certainly no nicer than you, dear. Wednesday night I went to the Y for a gym class and we definitely got a good workout. Last night, Thursday, we had to work, believe it or not, until 10 o'clock and then I went home and read your swell letter. I was very sorry to hear that uh, Mr. Ferris died, dear, but I guess it was for the best. Well, darling, I hope that you're doing some planning for next summer. I certainly hope that everything turns out alright. I figured that we should do pretty good as far as money's concerned, but we will talk it all over when I come down for the weekend. You know how much I love you, dear, and I know that you care for me as well, so I think that we should be very happy, especially when we have a few little ones running around. By the way, dear, how is the littlest Booth doing? She certainly is a cute little kid. So what kind of parents were Bill and Doreen, or what kind of parents did they want to be? So early on in the letters while I was reading them, it was very evident that Bill and Doreen wanted a whole batch of kids. 
Now, whether it's a batch or a baseball team, but that's really what they were looking forward to. I know how it turns out, but I'm not going to spoil it. Bill and Doreen were phenomenal parents and extremely supportive of all the things that their children would do and their grandchildren and subsequently their great-grandchildren. I think the relationship that a grandparent has with their grandchildren is different than they do have with their own children. All I can speak to is how wonderful my relationship was with my grandparents to a point where I did end up going and living with them for a time while I was working at a job downtown as they lived closer to downtown Toronto. And I can't remember anything but smiles and laughter the entire time that I was there. Side note to you avid listeners, Booth is actually the maiden name of Doreen and Beverly. So when Bill's talking about little Booth, he's really referencing their last name. Mr. Cormick phoned me and asked me if I was going down this weekend. He said that he was motoring down and that I was welcome to join him. Boy, I wish I could make it down, but you and I both know, dear, that in the Air Force, you can't just fly away. It certainly is a swell day here. The sun is shining and the snow is just about gone. It's almost like summer, actually. Darling, would you rather live in an apartment for a while, or do you think we should try and buy a house? Think it over and let me know. I'm getting an interview here with the head of the department that handles the national housing, and I'm lining up some figures and drawings to give you an idea, as well as to find out myself. Well, dear, a week has gone fast, and I just hope that next week goes just as fast, and I hope that I can get down, but don't count on it too much. I'm going to try to get a posting to Toronto on compassionate grounds. I don't quite know what the chances are yet, but I'm certainly going to try my hardest. The level of uncertainty that Bill and Doreen must have felt, but also for anybody who was in the service at this point. Could I be shipped overseas to the front lines to help support the war effort? Am I going to be around? Should I get married? Should I have children? I don't know what next week's going to look like. The level of uncertainty must have been so high. So in this case, Bill and Doreen don't know where Bill's going to end up. He's trying to get some leave, trying to come back and see Doreen. But coming to see Doreen doesn't necessarily mean he won't be shipped overseas. Well, dear, that's just about all I know for now, but I'll answer your letters as soon as I get them. Lots and lots of love, dear. Bill. XXXX. P.S. Don't forget to save your money, dear. We'll need all that we can get, because I hear it costs about $121 to have a baby, so that means that we should have at least 363 Don't you agree? Interesting note that Bill thinks it's only going to cost $121 to have a baby. Um, I think by today's standards, that's a real deal. PPS, you certainly look like a honey in that blue outfit of yours. I sure hope you wear it next summer. April 6, 1942. Doreen, Doreen dear. Well, here it is. Tuesday, and here's the letter that I promised, but I'm afraid I don't have that much to say. The trip was pretty long, but Bob and I managed to get ourselves a berth, so we slept on our grey coats, and things weren't all too bad. I went to a show at the Y last night, but I fell asleep and came home, and today I think I'll probably go to bed early. 
even without the redhead. <laughs> well, darling, I had a grand time this weekend, and you can bet that we're going to have a lot more of those. Nothing more has happened with that Halifax rumor, but if I hear more, I'll definitely let you know. Halifax will become a very important part in Bill and Doreen's story. But Halifax was the major strategic port during the Second World War. Halifax Harbour was the large and deep, ice-free and close to the Great Circle shipping routes from Europe and eastern seaboard of North America. In addition, the city was linked to the transcontinental rail system. Bill was one of thousands of Canadian servicemen who worked and lived in Halifax during the Second World War. If I go down to Halifax, dear, you'll be coming down in the fall and you should know that you're going to be coming with a missus in front of Doreen. It is a truly miserable day here today, raining and a little bit of snow, but I guess it'll be nicer tomorrow. I might come down in two weeks, but I think I should save my money instead and make it down in a month's time. You know how I feel about coming in a month, dear, but... Every $7.40 saved makes us a little nearer to what we need to marry, and that's okay with me. Well, darling, I guess that's about all the gossip I have for now, but write me as soon as you can, and I'll answer you by Saturday. Goodbye, darling, and lots and lots of love. Bill. XXXX. P.S. I think that a double bed when we marry would be a good thing. You've better been drinking a lot of eggnog and malted milks to keep you healthy. So, our next chapter is ahead. Bill is off to the East Coast, and Doreen is working at Eaton's in Toronto. In next week's episode, the finale of Season 1, we will see a sneak peek of where this story is headed. Thanks for listening to the Little Blue Suitcase podcast. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you get notified when the next episode is out. For more information, check us out at littlebluesuitcase.ca. I'm Jason McDowell, and it's been swell having you listen. Podstarter.